1: Hello, dear foodie friends, and welcome to Kitchen Chat. I'm your host, Margaret McSweeney, and I'm so glad you're joining us here in the beautiful Viking and Lacrinus showroom in the Merchandise Mart. I'm here with my favorite friend and co host, Chef Jamie Larita. Right. And I am so excited for you to meet today's guest. And we're going to talk about something very serious but fun at the same time. I'd like for you to meet Lindsay Jean Hard. She She is the author of Cooking with Scraps, and first of all, welcome to Chicago. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so glad you're here, and this is such a timely topic, especially coming up with the holiday season and everything. What was so astounding was to hear that 133 billion pounds, is it, of
2: food is wasted, Every year? Yeah, it's 40% of food in the U.S. goes uneaten.
3: So when we say it goes yes. uneaten, does that mean wasted?
2: Yeah. So we're filling landfills, like we're throwing away perfectly good food and we're wasting money in the process.
3: And do you know by any chance where the majority of that is, like what, what, what most of it is?
2: I think there, it's a mix of different reasons. Mm-hmm.
3: Like be at grocery stores, restaurants.
2: And transportation and us not buying enough ugly produce and yeah. I I think we're getting better with it now but you know it's the perfect looking things that generally make it into grocery stores and you know farmers can't always sell the ones that don't look as good but still taste perfectly fine
1: right well I love that you have compiled this book of recipes of what to do with the leftovers in a lot of way and the scraps uh, for for example and I'd love to just jump right into this Jamie you're going to appreciate this so much recipe for banana peel cake i just cannot imagine eating a banana peel <laughs> so hold on
2: yes there's no banana in it at all it's just banana peels in the cake
3: <laughs> right banana peels just,
2: yes Yep. Okay,
3: so talk to me about this (laughs) (laughs)
2: one. I think this is probably one of the craziest ones in the book. Um, But yeah, so you're using banana peels like from bananas that you would use to make banana bread. So like the really, really ripe ones. Um, And then you're cooking them in a little bit of water to soften them. And then you're blending them. And so it turns into like a fruit puree. And it's not all that different from like applesauce. It's giving moisture to the cake and it just has this really nice, light, bouncy texture.
1: Does it get stringy
2: though? No, because you're blending it. Yeah. It just, it's great.
3: Margaret, we are trying this recipe immediately. (laughs) immediately.
2: It's my daughter's favorite in the book, so.
3: And what other recipes in the book are kind of like that? Is there anything else that's a little bit odd? It's not uh, odd. It's it's scrappy. (laughs) Yes, it is scrappy.
2: I think coffee grounds are another surprising one that people might not think to be using.
3: Now, do you use that in breading?
2: Um, In the book, I'm using them in a nut butter to give texture and flavor to it. Um, But then I also have another recipe on food52.com that uses them um, in a French silk pie. And so they're mixed with coffee or chocolate cookies in a crust for that. And then they're also used to infuse cream for a whipped cream topping for the French silk pie. Wow. Just the creativity.
1: And I also noticed another recipe that made me reread everything, something about using corn cobs as rice balls or, or something like that, to yes. that extent. Yes, so
2: corn cobs still have a lot of that great corn flavor in yes. them. Yes. Um, so you can use them to make corn broth or stock that you can use for soup or risotto, but um, in the cookbook, I'm cooking rice along with the corn cobs, so the rice is getting that great corn flavor, and then okay. turning the rice into rice balls.
3: Now, huh. do you cook with um, mostly organic?
2: Um, definitely for some of the things where you're eating the peel, I would recommend that. <laughs> so the yes. banana peel cake,
3: That's the pineapple peel. Yes. <laughs> That's what I'm with this.
2: Yeah. I mean, I always recommend that you're washing everything really well before you're using it. But for the cases that you're eating the peel, you probably want to cut down on those pesticides. Yeah, I recently I
3: talked can. to a, a doctor who said to me that um, he asked me if I drink cocktails. I said, of course I drink cocktails. Who doesn't? <laughs> some people don't. Um, but he asked me if I add the bar fruit and do I um, eat the bar fruit? And I said, I didn't realize that people ate the bar fruit. Because well, some people do, but the rind is where all the pesticides live.
1: Oh. And you shouldn't
3: let that soak in water like when you do lime water and citrus water and stuff like that. You should always use the pulp and not the rind.
1: I always like the olives. <laughs> this conversation has just gone
3: to. <laughs> this conversation has gone to drinking. I am obsessed with the mm-hmm. thought of this book because now you've got my chef brain thinking about all the scraps, and that's what this book is all about. I love that. Yeah. What else do you have? I mean, tell me about your your food life. Like, when did you first start cooking?
2: I really got into cooking um, when my husband and I moved to Japan for a couple years and we joined a CSA for the first time. So we had this cute little neighborhood grocery store that had a CSA and we would go every week and pick up this box and they had the box outside so that you could just pick it up and go. But every week I was walking inside to talk to the owner. I was like, what is this vegetable? Like, I have no idea what it is or how to cook it. Um, and it just became this really fun challenge. And I started blogging for the first time and I loved the mix of Food and writing, yeah. Um, and then we, when we moved back from Japan, I joined a startup with one of uh, my college friends, and it was called Real Time Farms, and it was Ooh. all about food transparency and like helping you find food that you felt good about eating, and did a lot of writing for that too. And then we were eventually acquired by Food 52com com, wow. and so I went on to work there for six years. That is incredible. If we can take a quick step back, for those who
1: are listening that might not know what a CSA is, could you explain quickly that concept?
2: Yeah, so it's community supported agriculture. Okay. So you're supporting local farmers by um, like buying into them at the beginning of the season and paying for a share, and then you're getting a weekly share of vegetables or produce or whatever it is that they're growing and they had this in japan then. they did yeah we wow. just stumbled upon it by seeing these boxes outside of our grocery store and asked if we could join in on it so
1: fascinating <laughs>
3: i have to stop looking at because i have so many questions and comments about things like zucchini stems mm. i actually like a zucchini stem if you boil the whole zucchini the stems are just as tender Right? Mm-hmm. Why throughout the stems?
2: Yeah, I think right. a lot of it is just habit. That like, and recipes will call for us to like cut off and discard something, and so we don't take a step back to think about whether it's right. really edible or not.
3: You're right. It's a, definitely a habitual thing.
1: Wow. So you use pretty much everything, then, Jamie?
3: I don't. Now you that don't? That I'm okay. about it. No. Now that I'm thinking about it, I try to use as much of the produce as possible and what mm-hmm. I don't use I end up using in stock and mm-hmm. stuff like mm-hmm. that for vegetable stock and things like that but I do think that I do toss some of this edible gold out
1: yeah edible gold I love that description I
3: like that too <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is great well of the edible golds Lindsay Jean, what would you say was the most challenging scrap to come up with a recipe for
2: and why Mm, I would say artichokes probably Hmm. Um, just because they can be bitter when they're cooked so I originally tried doing um, like a soup with the leaves and other trimmings um, and that that didn't work out so well Um, but I settled on artichoke nachos which ended up being one of my favorite recipes in the book so you're cutting away all those leaves to get at the heart you have a pile of leaves left but they still have that delicious little bite of artichoke at the end of them Um, so yeah I'm topping With some cheese and olives.
3: Is this your first book? It is. Do you have other books in mind?
2: (laughs) I'm taking suggestions. Scrappy cocktails, maybe. Oh
1: yes. So you don't have to eat the bar fruit.
3: Yeah. No, I find that I find that um, I find that there's a lot of food waste in the world, Mm. and that really. You know, when Margaret was talking to me about the book and she told me the numbers, that's an astounding number Mm -hmm. to think about. Um, I come from the catering world and backstage world, and a lot of food is actually thrown out. Um, We try, you know, at times to give it away, but there's so many, like, laws and Mm -hmm. so much, um, you know, Red tape you have to go through in order to give away food in America mm-hmm. sometimes as well. When you have leftovers from, let's say, a, a rock show, and you have all these delicious leftovers and you want to give them to, say, at a, you know, a woman's shelter or mm-hmm. something like that, a lot of times they don't accept it because they don't know whether the food is fresh or tainted or whatever, so they don't accept it and winds up being thrown out. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a big problem, and I was just in New York City and noticed... I'm from the East Coast and I notice a lot of homeless people, more mm. so than I've ever seen before. And so many people begging for food. And it's really something that I think we need to find a big solution for in this world and yes. in America. Yeah. Yes, we always absolutely. focus on other countries and other countries need help as well. But here in America there are people starving. Mm. And to hear that number makes me think of, you know, how do we how do we make that? happened right so is there anything that you're doing um or that we can do to like create a movement to help take this food and change that number
2: you're right i, I do think it is going to take a movement mm-hmm. i mean hopefully this is one small step that people can do at home yeah. to make yes yeah. to make a difference no congratulations
3: yes. on opening my eyes to like um, what I look at as garbage is actually edible.
1: Edible gold, yeah. as you say. And I know Chef Massimo is doing so much in terms of trying to work with a lot of the restaurants. And yeah. But we, there needs to be more yeah. of that.
3: kitchen chat as more uh, people watch kitchen chat. Mm-hmm. And the more I see hunger in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I travel a lot with musicians, so I see a lot of hungry people. And it breaks my heart. Like, it's one thing... Um, You know, this morning as I was driving to work uh, there was a man literally begging for food you know knocking on windows in the snow here in chicago just it's
1: not right it's Mm. not it's not and especially it's it's like the waste is there and i think you call it from waste to taste or something like that where you know this it is available we just need to find a way to make it more available but for those of us cooking at home you can really transform our kitchens as well just another question i know like When there's pulp left with juicing and things like that, do you have any recommendations of what you can do with the scraps of pulp for recipes?
2: I think it depends on what you're juicing, but a lot of the times that could go into like um, like meatless patties, or could Mm. be mixed into like quick breads or Mm. something to add a little bit extra fiber into them.
3: Yeah, a lot of times with like zucchini, like or carrot peels, you know, you can take carrot peels and grind them up and throw that into the cake batter.
2: And you don't even need to be peeling your carrots to begin with. Yeah, you I just know, be I scrubbing hardly, them. I, really? I yeah. I
1: always
3: peel no, the I hardly ever peel That's
2: another one that I think it's habit.
3: Yeah, it is habit. For sure. People do okay. not I when I don't, I don't yeah. peel my vegetables. I'll just scrub them with a sponge and mm-hmm. just get the dirt off of them.
1: Yep. And do you get additional nutrients from keeping that layer on, or is it...
2: I think in some cases you do.
3: Okay. You know what I think also? I think in some cases you gain moisture um, when keeping the skin on. Ah. Uh, so when you okay. when you boil a carrot or roast a carrot, a lot of the times because the skin and the membrane is on the outside, mm-hmm. it helps cook and maintain the juices on the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed that on carrots, and I always... Eat the skin
1: on sweet potatoes and stuff like that to make this delicious.
3: Interesting.
1: Well, today we actually have a live studio audience here at Kitchen Chat. Live studio audience. (laughs) Yes, two wonderful gentlemen from France. Welcome to Chicago and to Kitchen Chat. And I'm so curious if other countries like France, they go shopping every day at the fresh food markets and everything. I mean, is there as much waste in these other countries?
3: (laughs) I'm glad you brought that up because I have um, we have a couple of uh, people from France and I was wondering in my head if there is that much waste in Europe with food. Ah. I don't think so. I think they really utilize their food more mm. uh, because in working in French kitchens and working in Italian kitchens, I know I can speak for them, that they tend to utilize as much of the product as possible. Mm. I think Europeans in general think about food and ingredients um, they stretch it as, as much as it yes. does.
1: And do you think the daily shopping has anything to do with less waste when you because I feel like yeah. we here in the U.S. have a different approach to shopping lists and, and once a week I mean it, it, I don't know.
3: Well, I think it's like chefs right people that cook people that actually cook at home mm-hmm. and have a passion for it really know how to maintain the level of ingredients that they have in their cupboards mm-hmm. and in their refrigerators because they're actively doing it, whereas some people that are trying to do it will go and buy things and then forget about them mm-hmm. or go to a farmer's market and say, oh, those eggplant look amazing. I'm going to buy them and bring them home and I'm going to Google a recipe and then they forget to do that and then they rot and they throw them away.
1: Right, yeah. right.
3: You know? That's true. People that cook tend to think about it more than those that... I think Americans, in general, cook less than Europeans. That's true. I mean, that's probably a fair statement. You know, so I think in that, yeah. that's the answer to that question, Margaret
1: makes me... <laughs> and even with, because there's so many meal boxes here in the US, so your cookbook could also apply to some of the ingredients that you get in the meal kits. Too, more yeah, helps.
2: in some cases, and others, I think that they're eliminating those parts of it for oh, you. Ahead okay. of time. But <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. And
3: Lindsay, are you a pioneer in this movement in the zero waste cooking? Are there other people like you that are focusing on this?
2: I
1: yeah. I have
3: not, I've not. Heard I know
1: it. this the cutting edge right here. <laughs>
2: There are definitely other people who have done similar things. I think other cookbooks oftentimes focus on using the whole vegetable, um, whereas I'm assuming that you're, you already know how to use part of it okay. and so you might need more help with the, the so-called scrap part.
3: Right. So I think this can actually become a way for people, for home chefs, mm-hmm. and for home cooks to start to think about, I think that's is your intention, um, to start thinking about food as, um, as a whole, as... Uh, burst to a part of Yes. Because there's a lot of vitamins and nutrients in the skin as well.
1: Right. And you're just making me think of parts of <laughs> the vegetables Margaret McSweeney, and McSweeney
3: I... <laughs> Margaret McSweeney She's becoming quite the gourmet <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, with your influence. But yes, I mean, where would I have to make this banana peel cake? Absolutely.
3: So you, this is what's happening now. This is what you're doing. And this book is brand new.
2: It is, yep. It just came out the end and, of
3: October. And where can this book be found?
2: Uh, you can find it at any of your local bookstores or online retailers like Amazon.
3: Great. So this is what's new and now. What are you doing next? What's happening next?
2: Uh, Well, I just started working for Zingerman's Bakehouse in Ann Arbor, Michigan. I'm doing marketing for them.
3: That's quite the bakehouse. Yes. Yeah.
2: (laughs) And thinking of book number two.
3: Okay. All right. Odds and ends.
2: (laughs) Ah, oh, I
1: love that. Odds and ends.
3: This is great. It's good. Okay.
2: Okay.
1: And becoming an advocate for ugly fruit. Yes. So yes. That's,
3: that would be the odds. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Well, we love to finish up each kitchen chat with three tips for the home chef. What would you have to share with us?
2: For starters, I would say planning ahead. I think that's part of what we were talking about with you know that European countries are doing better because they're buying it, they know what they're gonna do with it, and they're using it all. So if we're planning ahead, figuring out your meal plan for the week, and going from there, I think you've got a better chance of using all of these things. Um, Two, I would say proper storage. Um, Sometimes we'll come home with a bunch of beets and just throw it in the crisper, and that's not the best way to make it last. You should be separating the leaves from the roots you know if you're storing things properly it'll last longer and it won't go to (laughs) waste you're supposed to separate the
3: for any root
2: vegetables like carrots (laughs) okay yep they'll both last longer
3: that's a good tip guys
2: And then number three, I would say um, to be kind to yourself, that if you feel like this is overwhelming and that you should be using everything all at once to just give yourself the space to start with one or two scraps and get used to it and then add in a couple more. Make sure
1: you get a copy of her book, Cooking with Scraps. It's going to inspire you and change the way that you shop and that you cook. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, this was fun. And thank you, dear foodie friends and our friends from France, for joining us today on Kitchen Chat. Make sure you visit Jamie here in the Viking and Lacour New Showroom and visit VikingLife.com. Come see me in my kitchen, kitchenchat.info. And always remember to take a moment and savor the day.
0: Thank you for joining us today. If you're interested in Margaret's books, A Mother's Heart Knows, Pro Girls, Encountering Grit, Experiencing Grace, and Go Back and Be Happy, please just click on the covers on the webtalkradio.net page in front of you. Margaret would love to connect with you and hear from you, so join her on Twitter, Facebook, her blog, or click on this website to leave a note and share a recipe. Thank you again, and we'll see you here again for a new show next week.